Hello listeners, my name is Rispa Kenyi. I am a digital rights advocate and gender and community engagement coordinator at Tunapanda.net. This is a Tunabonga series on digital inclusion and advocacy for grassroots women human rights defenders and feminists in Kibera. The series is powered by Tunapanda.net, um, a community network in Kibera that seeks to promote internet access for all through provision of network infrastructure and capacity building for communities. The series is supported by CIPESA, collaboration on international ICT policy for East and Southern Africa. The series seeks to amplify and advance real-time conversations from incredible grassroots activists, advocates, and feminists in Kibera on digital rights, digital advocacy, digital security, online gender-based violence, and movement building. Put on your headphones, dive in the conversations, and enjoy. Hi, my name is Dotrila Osimbo. I work with Tunapanda.net as a project assistant. Uh, in this series, we're going to discuss uh, digital, digital advocacy. And with me here, I have uh, two organizations, uh, one, uh, Woche and the Visha Foundation. So I think we'll go right into the, uh, in, we'll go into the uh, introduction and then into the, um, uh, probably the specific topics. Uh, so can you introduce yourselves? Okay, hello. My name is Lorena Tieno from the Visha Foundation. I work as the Assistant Office Administrator. And my name is Evelyn Boa. I'm the founder of the organization, current team lead. My name is Edina Silva. I work at Water Foundation. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, so guys, I think we'll go next into the, uh, the session. What does your work entail on a daily basis? What does a, a watcher tell us what a watcher does? A watcher in full is a Gapi Woman and Child Empowerment Foundation and we exist to ensure that uh, the community is informed to make sustainable development. And we work in different areas, we work in economic empowerment, youth development, and in teen pregnancy in our community. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, please tell us some of your successes as an organization. We've been able to reach out to uh, specific stakeholders, young women and young children, to be able to access some of the services that we offer. And when it reaches a point where we can't be able to 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 figure what we need to address, we can do recommendations to specific organizations and also stakeholders. So when you say services that you offer, services like I have for young mothers and teenage girls, we offer family planning services, whereby we do referrals to specific facilities such, such as Shofko, yes. Uh, thank you kindly. Uh, uh, let us know what, uh, some of the challenges that you face on a daily basis or during uh, in implementing your projects. Uh, some of the challenges that we face, we have the girls in the community at large having high expectations towards the programs that we give out to the community. 
And then also, as we all know, the population that we are in, we are not in a position to reach out to a large number of people uh, due to insufficient resources. And so what we are working towards addressing our challenges is ensuring that we understand the niche and the gaps within our beneficiaries. Thank you. Uh, I understand uh, the organization does more of uh, psychosocial support. So kindly tell us what you do on a, on a daily basis. Okay, so Nivishe is a Swahili word that means clothing. So basically we clothe you mentally, physically, uh, psychologically and spiritually. So m our main activities or our, most acti uh, the, our daily activities are radio talk shows. Uh, we have teen girls. Uh, mentorship, young mothers mentorship, and we are currently introducing school sessions. So you talk about radio talk shows. Do you have a radio that you work with? Uh, yeah, we work with uh, Pamoja FM, and <coughs> the sessions normally occur on Saturdays from 11 to 12. All right, thank you. So uh, I know this work has uh, challenges on a daily basis. Can you explain to us some challenges that you also experience as an organization? Okay, so in regards to mental health, uh, we have dynamics each and every day, and uh, the perception that people have towards mental health is actually crazy. So people perceive that whenever you talk about mental health, you only associate with people who are mentally unstable. So to Ndawazimu, you say that. Uh, but uh, <coughs> For us, we actually take our time to uh, pass the correct information on mental health. So mental health is a wide range. It, it actually affects everybody and it has no limitations. And then our, another challenge that we have is we have less counselors and during the pandemic, uh, shit happened shit happened to people and like uh, we are seeing we have more suicide cases so having counselors more professional counselors to handle this would be actually beneficial to the people of Kibera but currently we have professionals but they are less so we have limited number of counselors who could offer the sessions to the people who are in, in need alright I uh in your conversation, you mentioned COVID, and then you mentioned shit happens to people. Uh, so I understand that during COVID, there are a lot of changes, drastic changes, and organizations had to adjust to these changes in one way or another to be able to deliver what you uh, deliver. And in this case, mental health had uh, there's a big impact in terms of mental health as an organization, organizations in Kibra. Uh, we would like to know how you how you shifted from um, the normal working space, the physical working space, to the online space. Did, did, uh, let me just say what are the, some of the changes that you went through as organization as an organization organizations to cope with COVID nineteen. So let us know how you managed to what are the things that you did to deliver the implement activities 
and how you adjusted to the uh, to the change uh, our shape please explain tell us more about that okay when covid struck in kenya in march um we had different regulations that were put into place and one of the main challenging restriction was the closed clothes we had um curfew hours na clo- and close down so you find uh, with this we had a number of uh, added regulations where schools were closed and so this meant that um, we shift in our programs and some of them were put at a stop and so what we decided to do we as a team we embraced having online meetings to see how we can be able to reach out to our beneficiaries despite the school closure we were able to embrace social media advocacy whereby we were able to call for um stakeholders who are working on health to ensure that there's a sufficient supply of PPEs to our health workers and also what we did as an organization able to coordinate with partners to conduct um this was after when schools were open and now we are not able to do physical meetings we did mentorship through radio shows yeah and thank you yeah i understand it's important uh, that uh, at that time there's need to adjust uh, because one or another we still have to deliver uh, implement the project and find ways to uh, adjust to covid and i'm really glad that uh, i watched you are able to uh, adjust and uh, adopt the changes and just being able to deliver but uh, in this space in the in the online space so uh, i would like to also hear from uh, nevishe how you covid affected you and how you managed to cope with uh, uh, with in regards to delivering your activities okay so mental health affects everybody and at any time so during the pandemic when uh, people majority lost their jobs uh, schools were closed and actually people have had nothing to do and we know that uh, mental health can be influenced by different factors so what we did uh, for our sake we had to introduce the virtual work or we we actually had to do most of our sessions online so to ensure that we cover we reach majority of the residents or citizens in Kenya so we had to do counseling sessions online and we also introduced uh, a sessions that we mobilize cohorts and we train them online Uh, with the correct information on mental health so this was happened successfully through a partnership with Kenya Nimini and it was completed last year and it's uh, new cohorts are yet to join this year so we are actually embracing the online platform and i was seeing it's uh, actually it has more benefit than working with the physical thank you so much that is great insight Uh, just one thing that I really am sure about is our mental health uh, uh, is an, uh, now a serious issue, especially uh, after COVID, because most guys, as you said, as you mentioned, lost jobs. 
people lost uh, people lost their businesses, they lost jobs, people lost families. So mental health was, uh, I think after COVID, for me, it's uh, something that we need to look into more seriously. And I would say that it does affect, I think most of us assume it affects a certain age, probably the age of uh, 18 to around 30. But I would say even we need to look uh, out for the ages, ages uh, between probably 50, 60 and above, and just find ways of uh, making sure that they get the social support that they need to cope even after COVID. So I would also I would like to call out, I think, uh, ask uh, uh, as organizations working on grassroots level, especially in Kibra, and I would say this is one of the areas that was most hit uh, economically in other areas. What are the tools that you uh, used that time? The, I would say that the tools that your online tools that you used uh, after COVID to advocate for your work or just to deliver your services. So, Nivishe? Uh, Okay, uh, so the tools that we use to advocate for mental health on a daily basis is Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. On Facebook, we post on a daily basis. Uh, Twitter, we do the same, uh, as well as LinkedIn. All right, thank you. Uh, Awache? We as Awache also uh, deal with Facebook. Instagram and Twitter, on which we post, for Twitter we post at least thrice a week, for Facebook and Instagram we post at least every day, depending on the content we have at hand. Yes. Alright, um, so uh, there's something I really want to know, uh, between the, the uh, physical meetings and uh, probably the online uh, work, between online despair between the online space and uh, the offline space, which one is more productive according to the way, you, according to the response, effectiveness of your job? What do you think, uh, which space is more productive or is more efficient if, uh, in terms of communication? Is it online or offline? I would say um, it depends on the target audience that you have. Yeah and then on the message that you have. So for, for information basis, you're able to reach out to a large number. And also when you are talking about um, advocacy, in essence, we have different stakeholders, different uh, key decision makers who are hard to find. And so when you go to social media platform, you'll be in a position to access them at an instant basis, and then also receive feedback immediately, and then also you can be able to find an action done immediately. So depending on what you want to do, but also when you talk about a physical engagement, it depends with your target audience. Are they accessing uh, social media platforms? If they're not accessing social media platforms, then you opt for physical. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, actually, that is uh, the most important part, is to understand the target audience. Because this kind of work, uh, the, uh, the context of the work actually relies on the audience. So the communication also is important when you are planning to communicate or to pass out information. It's important to understand the target audience and just being able to know if they're able to, they'll be able to get the information 
process the process the process the information probably interpret it the right way. So this will make you decide either you want to do advocacy online or uh, physical. Um, uh, that's said and done. I think I would like also want to know. Uh, 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 back to COVID, as a watch, is there any uh, financial implication uh, on organizations in terms after COVID and uh, pre-COVID? Can you compare the costs of implementing projects before and after COVID? Uh, before COVID, uh, as a grassroots organization, we were trying to ensure that we do resource mobilization. But after and during COVID, it has been a, a challenge to access um, resources because we realize how COVID has affected the society at large. So I would say currently um, things are shifting, at least people are going back to normal. Before and after, it was quite a challenge, yeah. All right, and can you say uh, that were your staff able to access internet just after COVID? Because you mentioned that you uh, did most of the meetings uh, online. That means I presume Zoom or WhatsApp. Did you give? Uh, did you guys have internet? Were you? Did you? Uh, it's on internet after COVID. We were staff able to access internet. Uh, what can you say about that? Okay, so for us. Um before COVID, we never had internet, and we never even thought of having installing an internet in our office. So after during COVID, we saw the importance of it, and so we were able to install internet. And then our, our staff were able to access uh, meetings online, and through this, uh, things were able to move on swiftly. Yeah. All right. Uh, if I may ask, is the internet cheaper? Is it affordable to you guys? How do you feel about the cost? For us, we say it's, it's, it's expensive because um, it's just that we can't do it without it. We can't do it without it. So we just have to move ourselves to it, towards it. All right. Uh, Nivisha, can you let us know? Uh, 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 would you say uh, what are the financial uh, implications of uh, uh, internet after? Sorry. What are the financial implications of uh, after COVID uh, when implementing your projects? Because definitely you have to. Did you guys have internet before COVID? Did you install after COVID? Did your staff were were they able to access internet? Are you paying for it? Okay, so uh, for Nevisha, we had uh, internet even before COVID. Uh, but I would say people were just using it for different reasons and different purposes, basically for recreation and meetings. Uh, but right now, uh, internet is a basic need for us. So since we cannot do without internet, and uh, in most of the time or most of our activities, since we do them online, so it, we actually had to incorporate it. And uh, in terms of finances, uh, it's not cheap, per se. Uh, it's not cheap, but actually we cannot do without it. So we, we can, we have. There's nothing we can do. Towards it. We have to find a way of having internet. Yeah. So we, 
we had it uh, before, but right now, so we are actually making use of it since it's a basic need and the office cannot run without the internet. All right, so the issue here is uh, just to be able, as organizations, now we know that we need internet, it's a basic need, communication and daily running of activities within the office. So uh, in this case, it's us to find a way of uh, uh, making sure that we can access internet. And apart from that also, uh, how is it used? So it's important that as much as we access internet as organizations, it's important to communicate to the beneficiaries and also the staff to use the inter internet, how we're using internet, the efficient ways of using internet, effective ways, what platforms they can access, what platform, platform probably are safe to access. Apart from that, uh, I think it's also important to, for us to bring the issue of digital, the, the digital gadgets, where I know most organizations, especially in this area, most of um, the women we uh, probably uh, deal with do not, uh, cannot afford, or are not able to afford smartphones. So uh, in this case, uh, what I would ask uh, our chair, probably Elena, when you are delivering or rather dealing with uh, the teenage mothers, the teenage mothers, what do you, uh, if they don't have gadgets or smartphones, what, how do you handle it, uh, uh, Boa? Okay, so for us, uh, for adolescent mothers who do not have gadgets, we normally converge on a physical meeting on a bi-monthly basis. So we converge together to discuss. Um, you know, access to internet needs a lot of resources and we acknowledge the challenges they're facing in regards to finance. So we are accommodating them just to ensure that they access information in the most efficient way for them. All right, uh, perfect. Uh, apart from that, what are your recommendations uh, in regards to availability of these gadgets? Do you think it's important for these uh, young girls or women to access these gadgets and internet? Is there a need for them to have or there's no need? What is your opinion? Yeah, for me, I would say, um, as I relate to 2020-21, Day of the Girl theme, it was a digital thing. But when you look at our community, access to digital digital gadgets is not something that is easy. And it is currently a need towards someone's life. And we know access to information is easily found online. Access to opportunities, access to business opportunity, learning opportunities is online. So for me, if there's a way whereby uh, girls are in a position to access information, it will be a great milestone towards growth, towards advancing the rights of adolescent girls in their future. Yeah. All right. Uh, back to you, Nivisha. What do you think uh, uh, of the accessibility of internet affects your, your work? And at the same time, do you think it's important for these young girls or the uh, people that you cancel on a daily basis for them to access internet, what do you think is important for them to, to have internet? Yeah. Okay, so uh, the, world is, the world changed to 
virtual one. Actually, everything is now going online, and it is very, very important for people to have internet and uh, even the gadgets that would actually enable them use the internet space. So for the people that we cancel or we do counseling with, it is very important because a counseling session is actually a process. It's not a one thing. So uh, and different factors or different things might make you become better. So we have a positive things or positive information online that people can actually get access to. So in our case, it is very important for people to have to get access to the online platform on a daily basis. All right. What do you think hinders this? Uh, probably uh, young mothers or the are probably elder mothers to not to have internet or have gadget smartphones. Okay, so we have uh, the issue of prioritization and inadequate funds that uh, people have. We are actually, in Kiberia, people are perceived to be poor, so majority of people live below $100 in a day. So I would say uh, internet is not that cheap. So uh, the first thing that hinders them is the finances and then the gadgets to use. In addition, in our community, we look at what is the need that a family needs to meet. So a parent might not look at internet as a need. Will she provide education or food or shelter? So in that position, we are talking about meeting the current need that affects the individual growth. So it's, it's, it's a main hindrance, our resources, the kind of lifestyle we live. And so maybe we reach there where we look at access to internet as a need to us. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. You brought out a very important point. In a way that as we move it towards the global, uh, the world the is uh, going global and shift it towards the digital space, is important for the, as organizations. Uh, just to, we need to like, uh, find a way of making sure that uh, we are able to access internet, not just organizations, but also the beneficiaries, uh, people with on any basis are able to afford probably internet or data. They're also able to access gadgets, smartphones, or whatever things they can use to be able to uh, just go online. Because in this space, I'm thinking if you have, uh, you want to advocate for something, and uh, probably something that has to do with uh, teenage mothers, and they all don't have smartphones. It's really hard for them to get the information, and therefore it will uh, kind of hinder, or rather um, uh, affect whoever the information goes to. Probably it's only the select people, and say those who have uh, access to internet can afford the gadgets, who always have access to information. So the ones who can't afford these gadgets and don't have internet cannot access the information which also um, hinders their no they have uh, hinders their access to knowledge, access to skills, inform basic information, and this is not uh, very good as uh, in terms of our organizations, in terms of development as a nation, personal economic development, and financial financial growth. All right, so that's it and done. I would like to uh, for us to summarize uh, rather uh, conclude the session 
in this space, I would like to ask Awoche, what are your recommendations uh, as Awoche Foundation? What are the things you would recommend other organizations, organizations to do in the advocacy for digital advocacy? As Awoche Foundation, I'd advise that, or I'd suggest that we keep, we keep, um, we keep being active on the social platforms, and by that I mean by posting and reposting and sharing and tagging, for us to be able to to pass across what we need to be done when it comes to advocacy. And in one way or another, we'll be also able to reach out to specific stakeholders and specific people whom are, whom are at least dormant on social platforms, but once they are being targeted in one way or another, at least on a Chayanka. And they're so doing, I think, posting and reposting and tagging, and yeah, it will help a lot. Yeah, and just to add on, um, currently we are looking, we are living in a digital world. And so when we shift our focus from just doing things locally, we need to have a global thinking whereby we do not just think within our space, we need to think globally. So we need to look at and identify different tools that would help us grow our engagement on digital platforms. And digital engagement is just simple, sharing a picture, a post on a comment or a poem or a music that speaks to what you're doing. And this is uh, one way that you are reaching a bigger mass of people. And then also another thing is that you're able to meet different people, network, grow your networks with other people and people learn what you're doing. And then this also encourages you to continue doing what you're doing. Right, thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, that is important. It's so important for us to uh, understand the tool that we want to use in digital advocacy. Apart from that, understand the target audience and also as organizations, what, uh, what moves will we make? What are the way forward in terms of making people to uh, be able to move into the digital space to access, uh, probably access internet, afford the digital gadgets, and then when they're in the space, what are they doing? Are they effective? Are they using effective tools efficiently, effectively? Are they gaining also knowledge uh, from the space? Are they, being, are they able to understand what you communicate as organizations? Because it's one thing to communicate in the online space. Uh, and also, it's important for the people you're communicating to, to be able to understand what you're communicating, to perceive it the right way. So not as you're passing information to the global world, in the global, in the online space, let us also look into the content that you're posting. It should be relevant. It should uh, meet the target audience. It should also uh, be transformative in a positive way. Uh, apart from that, I think one thing that also came up, I think, in one of the training, uh, training sessions is also the local content in a way that we should be able to uh, tailor our content into the a local uh, context where the teen, teenager uh, mother that we deal with, or rather the beneficiary that we 
probably teenage uh, teenagers, the teenage mothers, the youth are able to access uh, content uh, that is relevant to what they are doing, either in school or in their workplaces or at home or uh, also in terms of business. So also ask the organizations in Kibera to start looking towards uh, creating online content that is locally relevant to the spaces that you work with. Apart from that, what else do you recommend for Tunapanda as a watcher? Um, for Tunapanda, I'd recommend you to keep, keep training people, keep having more sessions, and with different people from the ground, because it has, uh, the ground has a large mass of people, so at least identify different and new faces each time and again when it comes to training. And also, at least uh, spread out the net to the people from down there, those who come from the native, native backgrounds and are, really, and are really ready to access internet. So at least when it comes to the ground level, um, it becomes affordable, make it affordable to those who cannot afford to tell them. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Okay, um, then another <coughs> recommendation for Tunapanda Institute is that um, with the training that we did, the two weeks training, it was an impressive one. And uh, for Tunapanda to be able to reach a larger community, uh, I would just like to recommend them to, if they could consider shifting online so that they can actually train uh, people virtually. All right, thank you. Yeah, for me, my recommendation would be, uh, maybe before the recommendation, just to appreciate the skills information that we gathered during the training, which were great eye-openers to us, and also looking at how importance is engagement on the digital space. So one thing my recommendation would be, number one, is to reach out to other organizations that are working within to be able to learn uh, on the importance of digital advocacy and then also to work with uh, to work with schools to understand how they can incorporate their learning digitally and also to come up with different uh, training cohorts for high schoolers to learn the importance of engagement on digital advocacy digital engagement or digital learning as they grow up because not everyone has embraced uh, the digital space because of the myths and misconceptions that are around that area. Yeah, so those would be my recommendation. Uh, thank you so much. That was great insight. Uh, I think we have a lot to do as organizations, especially on the grassroots level. And uh, one last thing I would say is to engage more women gender. Let's engage more women in their digital space. Let us motivate more women to be in the digital space. And this also translates to us uh, so that we have more women who able to access information, to be able to be empowered financially. Once they go on online, they're able to apply for jobs. They can start up businesses. They can lobby for things they're not able to lobby for in the physical space. So yes, more women in the digital space. Uh, we want more guidance, we want more organizations, and in this we'll be able to achieve a greater goal as a, a global world. 
Thank you so much. Uh, we look to more engagements and more trainings in due course. Thank you.